Hi, Amber. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Bad Movies Rock. Well, thank you, Megan. Megan, welcome to Bad Movies Rock, where two friends talk about movies that sometimes both of them have seen, and sometimes only one of them has seen, usually me, mm-hmm. and sometimes neither of them has seen. And then we talk about that movie, and we, we yell about it, or we just celebrate it, or we celebratory yell about it. And then we yell about the critics, not yelling about it in the right way or yelling about it in the wrong way. And that, people, is what you've stumbled upon here today. Aren't you so fucking lucky? Entertainment justice, Amber. Entertainment justice. Motherfucker! (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. You're welcome. Yep. I mean, you didn't say thank you, but, you know, I I felt like the gratitude was in your face. And I wanted to verbalize the fact that you should be grateful and that I am magnanimous enough to welcome your gratitude. Yeah, excellent. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for that. Thank you for the thing before. Thank you. You're welcome. Amber, uh, (laughs) we watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure this time. We did. We definitely did. I have so much curiosity about... Okay, I'm just... This is going to be a curious record. I'm... It's going to be curious, Amber. Curious. Curious, Curious say. indeed. I, yes. I wonder why you think it's going to be curious. Well, because I think that there's like a 180 flip from like what maybe we thought the movie was to what it was to what the critics say it is to what we feel it is. Mm. And I think we're going to go 180 flip on what we think the critics said that was wrong. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, generally speaking, the critics, No. But yeah, this is one of those one of those movies that we come upon where I have deep, squishy, good, happy feelings for it because, you know, baby brain Amber loved this movie. Yeah. Now I'm watching it as an adult and I'm thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. Not that. Oh, oh. No. oh no. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a it's a 1989 movie where um, and, and like. You know, you rewatch these movies and you just, you, you, your your butt is just a little clenched the whole time knowing knowing that that either racist or homophobic or transphobic thing is going to come up. Like, the, the you know, the blatant one, um, rather than all the other small ones that are also definitely there. I mean, the, yeah. the, the thing is, I didn't remember those things. Like, I, I had, it, they were there in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. But it was it was kind of a, a you knew the car crash was going to happen right as it was happening moment. I was like, oh, no, I would clench up right before as I was I was going for the journey of, of Bill and Ted, the re-experience of Bill and Ted, probably a decade after the last time I saw it, probably longer. Yeah, I, I think I maybe saw this movie once and I want to say it was at my dad's house in Vermont. And I think he was the one who wanted to show it to me, which is really interesting because because he he hated The Simpsons. And like, I feel like this is like that. It's not The Simpsons, but it's like that same like silly humor that. I don't know. Anyway, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Yes, Amber. Walk us through this. All right. So so this movie obviously is about. Um, Bill, uh, Bill S. Preston Esquire, who's played by Alex Winter, and Ted Theodore Logan, who's played by Keanu Reeves. And they are uh, saviors of the futureverse, Amber. Their music 
brings the universe into alignment, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's actually very well explained to us what their music accomplishes uh, at the end of the movie by their spiritual guide who's in it for mm, 90 seconds. They Their music aligns the planets. Yes. Which yep. then brings about a state of harmony, allowing people to communicate with all life forms from distant aliens to all of the animals on the planet. And that I, I, I guess that does it. That that fixes it. That fixes Align everything. Align the ever. planets, harmonious communication with all life forms. Right. And it's also right. excellent to dance to because funny jokes. Because, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so we're meeting Bill and Ted in their, um, I guess, high school experience. And, oh, no, they're about to be separated because if – Ted fails his history class, his dad's going to ship him off to military school in Alaska. Oh, no. Um, I know. Um, so future verse George Carlin um, comes to help in the most logical way, which is to bring Bill and Ted a time machine um, to go kidnap historical figures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the key to keeping the great ones on the right track is to give them unlimited time travel power, very little instruction, and the freedom to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And they, they, uh, I immediately go to kidnapping. Oh yeah, it, it, it immediately. It is. There's a whoopsie kidnapping, and then they just lean into it. It's great. And then they're just like, everybody's coming with us, and we don't have to do history. We will bring them. We will bring the historical figures to say the history instead of us. Yes, yes, the report. It's actually a very, very creative conceit. Like, I, I like that there's, you know, it's a presentation and it's there's a creative element. It's not just memorize these, these historical facts. It's like, get to know this figure from history and then tell us what you think they would think about Sandemus of the present. That's cool. That's neat. That's really easy to cheat on if you have a fucking time machine. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, sorry. I, I keep interrupting. No, no, that, that's, that's, that's all I got. Oh, that was it. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Excellent. They do and they pass and they bring the universe together in harmony. Yeah. Well, no, that, I mean, they don't. They will. They will. They, wi- they yes, will. Right. Bring, so they the, will the whole, have had done it. Yeah. The, the whole point is it, it's sort of like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of a historical figure who did something good who wasn't ultimately a terrible person. And I am just Ooh, coming know, up short don't know right that that now. That actually works. Yeah. Nope. Damn. Hmm. I mean, okay, so Lincoln was a historical figure in this movie. It would be like going to Lincoln when he was a teenager right before he was like, you know what? Maybe owning slaves is a good idea and stopping Mm -hmm. him from doing that. (laughs) Yep. And then like down the road, he would do his thing. You know, that's that's what this movie is. We, We are with them when they are completely useless idiots. Yes, this is making sure that Sarah Connor lives so that she can birth John Connor so he can eventually save the world. It is a movie where truly nothing happens. You're given this kind of grandiose conceit of in the future, it will be perfect. And and their version of the what a perfect future is is so dumb. But, yes. you know, it's supposed to be. And it's supposed to be, you know, cutesy and, and funny, but it's also revealingly terrible. And, you know, they're going to be the cause of it. But we are given no indication as to why or how, because the magical planet aligning music, they can't play their fucking instruments beginning no. to end. They just they're, they're not there yet. <laughs> it's it's a pipe dream. So yeah, nothing happens in this movie. They 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 narrowly avoid being separated with the intervention of extreme knowledge and technology from the future. They are able to not be separated, pass a history course. 
and get on with their currently unremarkable lives. Yes. And presumably they also get laid. Excellent. Yeah. Megan. Yes, Amber. What do the critics have to say about this? Yeah. I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is at 81% for the critics and 75 for the users. Oh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Metacritic is at 50. Oh, interesting. Okay. And the users are at 84. Yeah. For some reason, the critics are, are very pro this on Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, most of the reviews are mid-level, you know, 50s, then a couple 40s, and then three straight-up negatives. But it, I, I, that is wildly different. That, that may be an issue of it being an 80s movie, and maybe Rotten Tomatoes is factoring in more recent reviews, although this one has one from the AV Club, so. AV Club gave it 83. Come on, Interesting. Guys. Yeah. Come on. I. So there, there were a couple of highlights for me in, in, in the blurbies one was the use of the word gormless to describe bill and ted's behavior i (laughs) that i just liked that quite a bit that one caught my eye as well and and for our viewers um uh and by that i mean listeners i mean just for them could you um uh define gormless i mean you're being pretty gormless right now megan i of course know what it means but if you would go ahead and do that for them i'd appreciate it I 100% believe you, and I appreciate this chance to demonstrate my vocabulary-based knowledge. It means uh, stupid, dull, or clumsy. Exactly. That's right. Correct. Mostly, ding, ding, ding. I, you know, stupid, you know, ugh, so gormless, so brainless, which is true. They super are. For the most part, a lot of the critics talked about how innocent this movie is it's like, you know it's a it's a movie with teenagers but there's no excessive profanity or drug references and no explicit sexual activity and one of them commented on the fact that short of some fart jokes for 10 seconds in one scene and some looking at women's boobs in another scene it, it could have had a g rating reeves with his beguilingly blank face and loose-limbed happy-go-lucky physical vocabulary and winter with his golden curls and gleefully good vibes and bodacious vocabulary propel this adventure as long as i can yeah variety yeah really enjoyed this apparently (laughs) well they they gave this is a 40 scored review oh is it really yeah interesting so it's Hmm. they think you know the story's pretty dumb and witless it is but most of the positive reviews really love Winters and Reeves, which is true. Yes. They are yeah. delightful in this. Weirdly, though, they didn't really have the same criticisms that I come away with. Oh. You don't just find them charming instead of charming, more charming than funny. You know, I... And innocent. I do to Oof a certain balls. extent. I do to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Yes, yeah. I, it's it's actually the movie that I don't find charming, and their role in it just sort of reaffirms how kind of toxic a lot of it is, from my perspective. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I love Reeves and Winters, I love George Carlin, I love the the silly graphics, and the, the, the fact that, you know, it's, it's take no prisoners time travel rules, meaning we're not going to explain them, we're going to have one rule. The time, the, the clock is still running in your original timeline. Yes, that is, it's not don't touch anything. It's not, you know, don't bring people back. It's time is actually still going in in your time presentness. Yep, we put a ticking clock in a time travel movie. 
and give you zero rules about, yeah, you want to talk to yourself? Talk to yourself. You want to make plans to do something in the future to affect the past? Yeah, do that. Kidnap people. Don't worry about messing with the timeline. I'm sure they weren't up to anything important. And when you bring them back, I'm sure it'll be like nothing ever happened. Right. Their their memory of this event will be wiped somehow magically. Fuck it. We're not going to talk about it. They have a time machine. They're doing a history port for a high school class that they're failing. Mm-hmm. Don't think about it. Yeah, yes, that's great. Don't. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And no time paradoxes. They meet each other. They get to say hi to each other. Rock out with each other. Mm, excellent. Absolutely. It, it's great. Fantastic. I, I actually like all of the Kakamimi BS. Yeah. It's kind of the underlying assumptions and presentations of power and race mm-hmm. that kind of make me sad. And then, you know, just a really fun homophobic moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about those critics. I mean, I, you know, you could say you could say, hey, you know, they're writing these in 1989. They're a product of their time. AV Club, are are were you writing this in the 80s? Right. The the beguiling blank face and loose limbed Reeves review was from 2007. The um, uh, gormless behavior was from 2006. These are not these are not reviews from the 80s or 90s. It makes me feel crazy sometimes. I'm not gonna lie. It makes me feel like I'm somehow nitpicky or. This is their job. Their professional job is to place this in a cultural context and to call it out for shit, not to just, or maybe it is, maybe the job of a critic is solely to say whether or not they were entertained and not to interrogate. But we know very well that that's not true because then they hate things like the long kiss goodnight. <laughs> like, oh yeah, but they don't hate the long kiss goodnight because it makes racist and misogynistic and homophobic you know missteps they just don't like an awesome movie and are therefore incompetent yeah mm-hmm. it's more like it's it's the fact that entertainment justice sometimes also means taking a movie we love and being super critical of it because it's doing bad things <laughs> because yeah. the critics aren't doing that i i guess that's not a thing they do <laughs> right i mean because you can you can really enjoy reeves and winters in this and and they're just goofiness and really think about this movie like oh wow this is this is a really problematic movie yeah underlyingly okay so out of the critics yes. corner okay much to love about this film so mm-hmm. much to love about this film the the interplay between winters and reeves is great bill and ted are pretty much most of the time great they're gormless as fuck. They're very focused on their band. They both play guitar. They, their band is two guys yes. playing guitar, nobody singing, and neither of them can actually play the instruments. Oh. But that's not the main issue. We come upon them talking about the fact that, well, they need Eddie Van Halen. Obviously, they, they need another guitarist. Yes, yes, that's the main problem. And they need specifically Van Halen. But they realize they can't get Van Halen without a truly triumphant video which they're currently Mm -hmm. making. But they think if they get better at instruments, they could make a more triumphant video. But the video itself won't be great without Eddie Van Halen. So they need to get Eddie Van Halen and make a good video. 
So it's just, it's, I love that. I love. Yeah. The, and then they, they, yeah. And then they're excited because they keep up with the answer. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's, it's as though they were arguing the chicken and the egg conundrum, but somehow came to an answer because they were too stupid to realize it's a conundrum. I found that charming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I like that their teacher still kind of wants them to succeed, even though they are clearly just the worst. They don't care. It's, no. They don't. They have no reason not to care. Clearly, they live middle to upper middle class lives. They have access to to everything. All they really give a shit about is a band that they're too lazy to actually learn the instruments to play in. Right. But don't worry. They have huge speakers and amplifiers that they plug into. A drum because, kit like, that neither of them uses. Drum kit. Yeah. A keyboard that's just hanging out there. It doesn't matter. It doesn't because. After their exchange with their teacher, with their, this lines like "We are in danger of flunking most heinously," I, mm-hmm. I I'm sorry, I, I, I love it, <laughs> I freaking love it, and that going to being at the Circle K and asking people about Genghis Khan and then running into themselves and George Carlin and the something is afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> yeah, there's these like really like. Really, like, uh, uh, ridiculously, um, like, dramatic things they're saying that that, <laughs> that they include the word, word bogus in. <laughs> bogus, heinous, triumphant, bodacious. It's, uh, it's Shakespearean stupid guy, and I kind of love it. Yep. It, it, the, the little details, Ted's aggro father who's missing his keys who's mm-hmm. going to send him to military school if he fails history. I am shocked it's the only class he's apparently failing. Yeah, that's super surprising. And then five seconds later, he's just going to send him to military school. We're not going to worry about history anymore. He's, no. just, he's just going to, okay, wow, you are inconsistent, sir. Yes. And, uh, oh, and Bill, Bill with his second mom, who was a senior in high school when he was a freshman, who was... Having lots of sex with his dad in Bill's room, oh, God, apparently. Room. Yeah, that was upsetting. Burning the grilled cheese. It's just all these fun little details yeah. of their lives before they go on their wild time travel adventure. I, the fact that George Carlin explains nothing about time travel. Oh, not not Me- anything. How, so what, how does he guide them on this important journey, Megan? Yeah, um, he doesn't actually even really introduce himself. It's Bill and Ted from the the future that come back and introduce Rufus and say, like, <laughs> you should trust this guy, which is really funny because you're right. George Carlin spends about 90 seconds with them, it says that they need to uh, pass their history uh, presentation. And uh, here's a time machine. Here's a like yellow pages phone book of history press the buttons on the on the oh by the way the it's a it's a phone booth that they go into oh yeah yeah um, old school telephone booth apparently it was going to be like a um like a scooby-doo mystery van kind of deal oh. but they thought that was too close to back to the future fair enough um but the phone booth wasn't close enough to doctor who oh okay it's, all anyway. americans have seen back to the future <laughs> have they seen doctor who you make a good point yeah so you go to the phone booth and you just, you know, you dial in the, the things, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Anyway, bye. Yeah. He, 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 of course, you have to demonstrate the power of the time machine. So he takes them yes. to the Napoleonic era in the middle of a battle mm-hmm. such that Napoleon sees them 
and then tells somebody to blow them up. Yes. So and then so they go into the battle. They're like, oh, dude, we're in the middle of a war. Cool, dude. And then George Carlin's like, cool. All right, let's go. And that was it. That was that was that's your lesson. Both history and how to fun- use this uh, time machine. This is what time travel is. And then, of course, Napoleon somehow gets sucked into the time vortex. Right. With them and is their first kidnapping, only unintentional kidnapping. And George Carlin leaves before they they find Napoleon Bonaparte has followed them there. Yeah. Yep. He, gets, he doesn't, you know, I appreciate that he doesn't tell them what to do. He, mm-hmm. he, just, <laughs> he just says, gentlemen, you can do anything you want. So long as you make it back to do your report. Which is a ridiculous thing to say in a time travel movie, obviously. But but the other ridiculous thing is they 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 end up doing the thing where they say they're going to future do something. And then therefore, the keys will be, you know, right here. Um, because they will they will wait till after the presentation, then go back in time, then steal the keys, then put them here, and now the, the keys will be there. Mm-hmm. And they're the keys. They're the keys. Wh- which which means that they did fail the presentation once. No, no, because they they did it after the presentation. So like they the plan was mm, they yeah. they would go through their timeline having done the presentation, and then once they met that deadline, they would then use the time machine to go back in time, steal the keys, and set everything up. But they wouldn't have passed the presentation without the keys. Exactly, which is why they did it in the future, <laughs> in the past. Okay, I see. I see. I, I, I'm not. I can't make this any clearer for you. It I'm is, sorry. This is my fault. I apologize. It's a perfectly obvious time loop de loop, and I, I, if you can't grasp grasp this, I'm not sure how you sat through that whole movie without just I, pulling your hair out. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Then it's hijinks through history, uh, kidnapping significant figures. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about who they kidnap and why that's part of the problem. Yep. They, they they say let's bag him number of times like they just start grabbing oh yeah. just billy the kid ends up literally lassoing at least one person yes he does mm-hmm. yep because that's what what that's what you you it's it's kidnapping time that we don't have time to not kidnap we can't just talk to all of these people half of them don't even speak our language yeah yeah that is a very good point <laughs> oh boy but billy the kid really gets along with socrates like yeah they're, they're the first two kid well they're the first two intentional kidnappings yes and they, they learn to um communicate really well with each other which is actually kind of charming yeah, it is I, I would watch that movie uh you know multiple multiple silliness things ensue when they encounter themselves in the beginning uh ted of course tells himself to say hi to the babes for him yes uh-huh they spend two minutes with two two princesses in in England. Yeah, that they pro- who are going to marry quote two old guys this afternoon oh. or tomorrow whatever and uh, and they want to be saved from that and uh, yeah Bill and Ted meet them for about two minutes mm-hmm. and um, then get um, uh, uh, sentenced to execution yes and do run away and don't save the babes at all absolutely fail to save them yes. But they were really pretty, um, and they, they, they said words to each other a little bit. It means instant love, Amber. It does. Instant love. It does. They make it to the future at one point. And they do. meet their adoring society. I do appreciate that there seem to be, well, there's three people in floating chairs who kind of appear to be in charge. 
one of them is a black man and one of them is a woman. So mm-hmm. already I'm feeling like the future might be okay. Might be okay, yeah. I mean, floating chairs, time travel, just people waiting around in, like, little strappy vests to mm-hmm. do, like, a guitar <laughs> motion. Yep. Yeah, it's all become, like, a uh, almost like a legend, right? Where... um you know, they all say excellent and party on to each other, but in like, in very serious future speak. Exactly. And and, and the guitar like rift thing that Bill and Ted do, um, they do in a very like... Large, graceful slow... movement. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Be excellent to each other. Uh, yeah, I... Yep. I, I, I like that. I, I, I thought oh, that was Oh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, for sure. And for and, sure. And like in the room, there's just... When it shows the two of them from like when they're in the future and they've you know, probably reach their height of planetary alignment. They're, mm-hmm. They both look exactly the same as they do now, except they're both wearing brown trench coats. Yep. <laughs> that's, yep. that's how you could tell when you're looking at future planet-saving Bill and Ted. Yeah, they, they get some there's themselves some trench coats. Great. I love it. Yeah. Please more. Perfect. You also have the mini-adventures of Napoleon in modern times. He Because yes. he was the first one snagged. They leave him with Ted's younger brother, Deacon. Yes, they do. Like a, 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 I don't know, 15-year-old or something? Yeah. A child, yes. A child, yeah. They leave Napoleon Bonaparte with a child. So you get the, the you know, funniness of him bowling. Mm-hmm. He's a cheater. You, he is. He eats a bunch of ice cream at an ice cream establishment that gives you way too much. So they placed a <laughs> so bowl much. in front of four people that looked to be the contents of five or six pints. Yeah, yeah. Brightly colored. Oh, yeah, very brightly uh, it's colored. It's like a, a bowl seems too small in, in you know, p- picture wrong. more of a, like a bowl platter, mm-hmm. like a trough. Yeah, almost. like a punch bowl Yeah, of ice cream. Mm-hmm. And if you eat the whole punch bowl of ice cream, the servers will come over to you and start chanting Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. So it seems like their their kind of business and model is to shame their customers. Really humiliate humiliate their customers. You do get a pin though, which goes nicely with all of uh, Bonaparte's uh, military medals. It does. It does. Yeah. And then he winds up at a at a water park called Waterloo. Oh, of course. Oh, oh, oh. oh topical. Topical. He does love the water park and the ice cream. He, yes. Deacon ditches him. That's how he winds up at the water park. It, it is kind of amusing in the water park because he um, he, he speaks French the whole movie. He doesn't speak much. Um, but at first, he's very scared of going down this water slide. And then he loves it. Mm-hmm. And so he goes over and over again. And like you just see him like pushing small children out of the way at first. And then you see him like explaining to small children how to do it. Like, you know, it seems like, oh, don't be scared. Let me show you how it's done. I like to go on my belly. Um, at one point, he's just carrying one of them faster up the stairs <laughs> yep <laughs> they, they seem fine with it i don't, I don't know <laughs> it's 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 very silly it is it is very charming and silly uh and oh, oh of course this is also the movie where i learned how to say shit in french Ah, uh, yes i think that might be the only swearing in the movie and in the bowling scene when he manages to throw himself with his ball he just goes mouth 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 i'm like oh i learned a french <laughs> swear i learned a I french know, swear <laughs> i was six it was fun, okay? Yeah. Swearing is fun, especially when you can secret swear and get away with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's you know it's sweet. Even the setting things up with their future intentions to because the of course in order I so the least believable part of the movie and and Megan I feel you agree is that when they collect everyone that they're going to collect yes. and they get back to San Dimas mm-hmm. they have two hours before the presentation. Yes, in that two hours mm-hmm. they go to Bill's house and do chores. Because yep. in order to get Missy, his stepmom, to drive him to find to drive school. to drive sorry to drive him well not even just to school first because they have to do the chores to get Missy to drive them to the mall where they leave all of the historical figures to get to know modern day San Dimas so they can comment on it then right. while they're at the mall they go find Deacon so that they can find Napoleon who was supposed to be with Deacon but Napoleon is not with Deacon so then they also have to find Napoleon which means they have to go to Waterloo grab him then go back to the mall to get the historical figures who have since disappeared then they have to go to prison to get the historical figures out of jail for their mall-based hijinks Mm -hmm. and then they have to get to do the presentation which they apparently also had time to like set up and do lighting for yeah do lighting have like uh they had like little boxes on stage for everyone to stand on they had like a, a map yeah yeah it was it was very impressive Mm-hmm. It, I, 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 that's, time travel makes more sense than what they accomplished in two hours in Southern California. That was a lot of right. driving. That was a lot of driving. Yeah, that seems ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, the most unbelievable thing for me was they were having these kids do presentations in this big auditorium. And they, you could see that Bill and Ted were scheduled for, I don't know, 2.45. And, you know, there were 15 minute slots for each kid or something. The fact that they were on time with all of those kids being, you know, giving presentations. Never would have happened. Oh, you're suggesting that the kids would have taken longer? Oh, for sure. Gotcha. There's yeah. no, there's no way to keep, I, I, I've had students do presentations. There's no way to keep them to whatever you want them oh, to yeah. do. Yeah, absolutely yeah. not. Some of them are crazy fast and some of them just keep going. Yeah. The presentations themselves were actually fairly realistic. They were, they were pretty great everything's pretty funny. the same and yet different like it was the, the smattering like the, the students that they showed it just felt very realistically like giving a high school history presentation to an order an auditorium of people i yeah 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 but yeah and the mall hijinks i also liked the mall hijinks they're very cute you know for the most part the mall hijinks were relatively cute yeah agreed and, you know beef oven playing all the keyboards and mm-hmm uh, he was actually playing Mozart for part of that. Yes, Mozart's he was. Mozart's Piano Sada number 11, which yeah. I, um, yeah, which was very amusing to me. Actually, you know what? The mall scenes were not great. I'm I'm, I'm changing my mind on that. Yeah. Mostly just Beethoven. Be- Be- Beethoven was pretty great. Yeah. The rest Beethoven. of it was part of the problem. Yeah. So the last great thing I think about the movie for me is mm-hmm. the ending in which you, you've sort of had this like breakneck hijinks pace of we're in the history, we're, you know, in the past, we're collecting figures, we're, we've lost one, oh, we lost them, oh, we have to get them out of prison by setting up this series of tape recorders and stealing keys and we're going to sneak out and it's great and then the presentation is this big moment and then it all comes down to the end after it's happened and they're reflecting on it, Bill and Ted together, and like, wow, we just had a most excellent, you know, trip through history. Sorry, well, a most excellent adventure, I'm sure, because yeah. that's the name of the movie. And like, but what do we do now, dude? Well, you know, now we're going to do the band. Do you think maybe it's 
time for us to start learning how to play? <laughs> like, it's beautiful. Their journey through time finally made them realize they don't need any Van Halen. They need guitar lessons. They need they, they need to learn how to play the shit they want to play. And that, that's sort of the moral of the movie. George Carlin shows up after having kidnapped the English princesses who are apparently as besotted with Bill and Ted as Bill and Ted were with them after two minutes of interaction. They join the band on drums and keyboard. Nobody knows how to play their instruments. George Carlin gives them weird looking guitars. And that's yep. it. And there you go. Now, of course, there's the, the, the last, you know, look at the camera, silly comment of George Carlin. They get better as they play discordant sounds. It's that sweet. That's a sweet little rap it of is. like, oh, right. This movie was pointless. And we knew it the whole time. Remember, and... we told you. Mm -hmm. We told you yep. what this yep. was. So, Amber, now that we've talked about kind of all the, the charming, sweet goofball um, kind of learning that Bill and Ted do, uh, uh, you were mentioning something about some some, some bad shit in this movie. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We can start with the, the, the most obvious one. The most obvious kind of need clearly, oh, sphincter clenching. No moment. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're in medieval England. They're walking around in suits of armor. One of them finds a sword, so of course he immediately brains his friend with it. They start sword fighting while also pretending to be Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. Then one of them pushes the other one down the stairs. And he sees somebody stab into the suit of armor. Thinking his dear friend Ted is dead, Bill runs down, crying over his body. It turns out he's not. And they hug in relief. Mm -hmm. yeah. So glad you're not dead, dude. That would have been yeah. most non, non, non-triumphant. Yeah. And then both of them call each other the F word for gay. Yep. You can see it happening. They hug Ugh. and then they immediately stiffen and pull away in disgust. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, it's coming. Oh, no. oh, there it is. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Because showing physical affection between two men. Oh, let's make sure. That we're not being gay about it. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Just very, yeah. So that's yep. a fun, 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 quick Up, little throwaway homophobic moment. You know, why yeah. not? Because these are men, manly men who dig chicks. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Babes. 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 The rest of it is going to be hard for, I would imagine, the majority of white people to understand. Mm-hmm. And also men. Yes, go be on. Partially because, and I think this is changing a bit as, as we move into deeper into the 2000s, but when I went through school, I never read an author of color. And every history lesson was white history, either American or European. History began yes. in Greece and ended in the U.S. Right. And nothing happened anywhere else. And... and, and it Sorry. And it started in the U.S. after the white people got here. Oh, yeah. U.S. history starts with colonization, invasion, and genocide. So th there, there is no history here. Like, Western civilization is white Western civilization. Right. Yep. Uh, and also, women never did anything, except mm -mm. for a handful of them. And let's be honest, they were crazy. Yep. When we take a beautiful, magical trip through significant figures in history, it is... Very white and very male. And the two outliers are not treated as real people. 
No. no. Even though, like, it's it's a comedy, and a lot of it is exaggerated and silly, but each of them gets their moment to shine in their specific field. You know, Sigmund mm-hmm. Freud gives Ted a therapy lesson that helps him understand where his father's rage is coming from, and Bill admits to having a small Oedipal thing. You know, Beethoven gives a great performance. Socrates has this, you know, fun moment where he says a little bit about philosophy at some point, but it's mostly goofy, but he loves San Dimas and everybody claps. Mm-hmm. Billy the Kid shoots off a live firearm in a high school to get everyone's attention. <laughs> yeah, super upsetting. Billy the Kid who, okay. So the, of, of the of the American figures that, that are in this presentation, you have Abraham Lincoln and you have Billy the Kid. Mm-hmm. Abraham Lincoln, sure. He's the emancipated the slaves guy. I get it. Couldn't have maybe grabbed Frederick Douglass or some shit. You grabbed Lincoln, fine. Billy the Kid is known for murdering? He's a murderer. He murdered. Yes. Repeatedly, from a young age. stole. Stolen murdered. Stolen murdered. That's that's who Billy the Kid is. Murderer. (laughs) Yep, let's get him. Let's get let's kidnap him for our presentation. Significant figure from history. To be, he doesn't make a presentation. He just shoots off a gun, gets everybody's attention, and then introduces Bill and Ted. And we don't hear from him again. So, yeah, okay, probably for the best. Probably for the best. But then you have Genghis Khan and Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. So when they grab Genghis, he yeah. is ferociously tearing into some meat like an animal, and then grabs a. Some, you know, like a bare midriff, exoticized woman of color mm-hmm. and just starts making out with her. He doesn't yeah. really speak ever through the nope. course of the movie. It's just a lot of grunts. And then his moment in the mall involves him just going ape shit in a sporting goods store and attacking right. some some mall security and mannequins. His presentation consists of him doing some martial arts with a spear on stage while Bill and Ted talk about him. Now, I don't know a lot about the history of Genghis Khan. What I do know is that, like, he's pretty brutal in terms of massacring and militarizing, but he was also a fucking genius. Like, Mm -hmm. he was a complex, brutal figure. He did things, he was a military mastermind. He was deeply religious. He was into philosophy. He was intellectually adaptable. And he did some crazy shit that is horrifying. But also, I mean... Considering the fact that they also grabbed fucking Napoleon and let him talk about military strategy to them. Right. It, again, they made him seem ridiculous and petty, but they treated him like a person with knowledge who can speak right. and do stuff. They treated Genghis Khan like an animal. Um, like a performing and, ape. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then Joan of Arc. Yeah. Her escapades in the mall involved taking over a women's aerobic class. And then her big presentation involved her sword fighting with Bill. Yes. Bill was definitely holding his own against Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc, uh uh-huh. Well, Ted explained that she's going to start an aerobics program for her soldiers when she goes back to France. Where, spoiler alert, she's about to be burned at the stake as a witch. (sighs) It's all supposed to be silly, but the silliness is making the woman do aerobics and that's her takeaway from the future and making the one non-white person an animalistic, mindless beast. And then history is defined by white male Europeans. You got Socrates, Mm -hmm. you got Freud, you got Lincoln, you got Billy the murderer kid. What are we, what, what? I mean, that, I mean, but that is, that is my high school education right there. That That is is true. 
when you go through high school, the history you learn is white history. You learn the culture of whiteness. And that often comes at the expense of the erasure of anyone else. And -hmm. if you do mention them, you mention them either in conjunction with recognized cultures and histories and accomplishments of white people, or it's kind of codified like it is in this movie as, oh, isn't it, you know, look at Joan of Arc. Oh, she's, she can sword fight. Oh, look but you know, she's like, doing aerobics. So yeah, like adorable. if she were in modern day, she just would have been like a really amped aerobics instructor. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, not to mention the fact that, you know, in the women, in, in the movie, women are objects of sexual desire. And yep. even, even as, as the aerobics class is beginning, you just have this woman saying in the most sexual voice, why be soft and flabby when you can be firm and toned? Have a body that says, look at me. Oh. And then the then the class starts because that's how that's how aerobics classes in malls often start, I guess. Yeah. And then you have the the only other woman besides Joan of Arc and the two uh Princess Bibbs um Bibbs. is Bill's new stepmother, who's also hugely sexualized. Oh yeah. She's just there to be titillating for both Bill and Ted. And his father, who is so sexually amped by her that he kicks his own son out of his bedroom so he can have sex with his stepmom on his bed. Yeah, on yeah. Bill's bed. Yeah, boy. it's a... Uh, boy. It's a... Uh, Who boy, yeah. Oh, I get it. It's a silly, silly movie. But it's a silly movie that is pulling from very real erasures and misogyny. <laughs> and the fact that, oh, okay, can you think of a famous woman in history? Can you think of a famous person of color in history? And if you can't, or if that list is really short, it's not because women and people of color haven't done great shit. It's because we don't learn about it, we don't talk about it, we don't write about it, and we certainly don't take the time to read about it or amplify it. And then it just kind of leads to this consistent narrative of, I mean, yeah, anybody can do anything, but white people have kind of done the best stuff. This perpetuates that, and I get that it's from the late 80s, but it's it's something that we love from the late 80s. It's something that I'm fond of from the late 80s. And it's it's because we're not calling it out for that now, we're still kind of allowing it to exist in this some sort of extra dimensional space where it doesn't matter and it doesn't affect the narrative. I mean, it all affects the narrative. And if we don't challenge it, then the narrative maintains. So modern critics, why? Love it, but poke at it. But but call it out. Say say the shit it does that's not should not be happening. Shouldn't have happened then. Shouldn't happen now. And you should, you know, recognize it and talk about it. Oh well, I still love you, Bill and Ted. And I'm excited to watch the second one. It's been years again, but I did always like the second one better. Interesting. I don't think I've ever seen the second one, so I'm curious about it. I'm I'm cautiously excited about it. But it is. I mean, it. it I think I. I, even as a kid, it rankled against me the fact that nobody looked like me who was ever super important or worth talking right. to. So yeah, absolutely. I, I, they, they move away from history in the second one yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So. Well, Amber, what did you think of this movie on the rock scale? Regrettable, outstanding, Craze Balls or K? This is a Craze Balls Regrettable. I love it still. It's a Craze Balls movie. It's silly as fuck. You know it if you've seen it. You probably have. But like, let's call the regrettable bits what they are. Yeah. Yeah, per- perpetualization of racist and uh, people of color erasing uh, history. Yeah. 
Don't forget Absolutely. the misogyny and the homophobia. Oh, excuse me. I uh, how could I? <laughs> how could I? <sighs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm right. I'm right there with you, Amber. Excellent, Megan. Yes, Amber. Do you have an Abby story? Preferably something that will empower women. Yes. Uh, so I was reading a story to Abby um, during our, our story nights, and um, it's 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 via Zoom, and. Um, she was she was having a little trouble sitting still, which which happens. Um, and she had a balloon, and so she really wanted to play with her balloon. And um, my brother, who was there, said, uh, "Okay, you can have the balloon after four more pages." And she looked at him and said, "Let's compromise. How about one page?" <laughs> and then <laughs> he said, "He said, okay, let's do three pages." And she said, "How about four pages?" <laughs> You can't, you just, you're just, you're just going against your, oh boy, your negotiation skills need some, some help. I mean, you know, she was, she got most of it Mm -hmm. and then did something funny. So I would call that a win-win. It is. Yeah. It's very good. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Amber, do you have a recommendation? I recommend we watch Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. (laughs) Okay. That can be accomplished. I love William Sadler as death. I, I, mm, I'm, oh, I, I really want it to be good. Oh, I want it to be good. Oh, here's hoping. Here's, here's hoping, hoping, Ember. That's my recommendation. Let's, let's watch it and just try to relax. Just, just relax into it. I'm sure it'll be fine. Megan, do you Excellent. have a recommendation? So, Amber, I finally, I finally found, um, the pretzels that I love. Again, Snyder's Sourdough Hard Pretzels. For oh. some reason, like the like the nice the the ones that are thicker, not the little thin ones, um, they go really well with a little bit of cheese. Um, I was having to get the Utz pretzel rods, which are I'm, I'm not I'm not opposed to, but it's these sourdough Schneiders of Hanover's uh, sourdough like pretzel pretzels that are um, that are my favorite, and I finally found them again. The box has changed from uh, brown to yellow now, so just be aware if you're looking for them in the store, you got to change your your visual um, uh, thinking. Oh, that's and, helpful. Uh, that is actually yeah. helpful, especially in this day and age. You know, we we don't linger in the store. We 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 don't browse. We, do not. we don't mm-hmm. shop. We yeah. go in with a mission. We achieve that mission, and we get the fuck out. And we go. We go, Amber. Sanitize the shit out of our hands. Mm-hmm. Take that mask off and breathe the air of freedom inside of your car. Yep, agreed. Sit in your car for a while so you can finish having your panic attack before you drive home. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe let's have a let's talk about that. that that's uh, yeah. that's an extra step yeah, I haven't I been doing. So. Do you want to? Yeah, I think that's good. Yeah, we'll have a little fine. chat about that uh, mm, in a minute. Don't so, see why. Yeah. Uh, Megan, this has been lovely. Yes. And yes, I hope to do it again been. with you sometime. So So let's just close it out like I always do by saying, just because I rock doesn't mean I'm made of stone. That's not grammar. That's I rock, not I am rock. I, who's gonna think that you fucking are made of stone if you rock? Just because I rock doesn't mean I am made of stone. Just because I roll doesn't mean I'm a wheel. <laughs> just because I'm bored doesn't mean I'm made of wood. <laughs> pretty good (laughs) (laughs) well Megan yes Amber have a good weekend this year thank you Amber bye bye